Today I'd like to speak to you about the attempted kidnapping of the Holy Spirit. That's going to be the title of the homily. The attentive, attempted kidnapping of the Holy Spirit. Now why do I say the attempted kidnapping of the Holy Spirit? Because of course God cannot be kidnapped. But we could sure try. Now why do I say the attempted, attempted kidnapping? Because what's going on in a lot of churches, Catholic, Protestant, and even Jewish synagogues in different places, is the kidnapping of God and making sure that he stays in the buildings of the church. Making sure that uh, God does not come out of the churches. Now, this is done by making a subtle distinction, but it is a distinction that is extremely important. The subtle distinction is the difference between freedom of religion and freedom of worship. You see, people say, well, you're still in the United States. You have freedom of worship. You can go to any church that you want. You can pray wherever you want. You can do any of that, whatever you want. You have freedom of worship. But you do not have, or at least it's curtailed, to have freedom of religion. What does that mean? The distinction between the two is that freedom of religion, freedom of worship means go to any church you want. You can say any church you want. You can, you, you can receive and be slain by the Holy Spirit. And you can throw yourself on the floor and shake and, and raise your hands and do whatever you want. And that's the Holy Spirit. Keep it in church, though. Keep it in church. But freedom of religion is when you take your religion seriously. And you begin to actually act on it. You act on it full time. Not just when you're at church. You're not a churchy kind of guy or kind of girl. Yes, you come to church. But you, what you do is you make sure that the gospel is lived out in your life. Now, all of a sudden when you start acting on freedom of religion and not just freedom of worship, immediately you get hit with this separation of church and state. You shouldn't be bringing out your religion outside of the church. Keep it in the church. When you go out into the world, you're an American. Well, that's where, that's a total misunderstanding. You see, the church does 100% agree with the separation of church and state. The Constitution says Congress shall make no law concerning the establishment of a religion. Very few people know what that means. 
But you see, in England, where the founding fathers were coming from, the Anglican Church was the established church. The Anglican Church was the church that was official for the state. And the King of England, or the Queen of England, as we recently had, was the head of the Church of England. They don't adhere to the Pope. And so the Queen or the King has the ability to govern the Church because it is the Church of England. That is what's called an establishment of a church. And the Founding Fathers did not want to have a Church of the United States. They wanted to give the people the ability to choose which church and which religion they would like to participate in. Now the reason I'm saying that is because the church, although we do agree with the separation of church and state, I as a priest cannot run for state, I do not lobby to pass a particular law, I, and you've heard me many a times when we've had elections, I will come down and say which things are right and wrong, and you can draw inference as to which party has the better teaching closest to the principles of Jesus. That's up to you. You have to vote. But it's my job to tell you which teachings of which party are more in line with the teachings of Jesus, because you are not first an American. You are first of all a Christian. That is your first allegiance is to Jesus Christ, and then in the context of the American Republic. Now, when we do that, we are participating as Catholic Christians in the governance of our country. We have every right, not only every right, but we have a duty to participate as Catholics, not as neutered, but as Catholics. We have to participate in our vote and making sure that our votes also align with Jesus. Just as a Jew has the ability and the responsibility to take his faith seriously and vote according to his Jewish concept. And if you happen to be an atheist, then vote according to your atheist conscience. But don't just say, no, no, you leave your religion. You can't leave your religion in your church or synagogue because your religion is overall your worldview the view of how you understand human existence. Now, why am I talking like this on Pentecost Sunday? Because as I began to tell you, the attempted kidnapping of the Holy Spirit is when even we as Catholics, and sometimes probably especially we as Catholics, when you think of the Holy Spirit, you think of churchy stuff, you know? Maybe you go to a charismatic prayer meeting and you go, hallelujah, and somebody shakes on the ground and people are crying and stuff like that. And you say, ah, 
the Spirit is there. But that's not the main manifestation of the Holy Spirit. What I'd like to do is draw your attention to today's first reading. <clears throat> because in the, in the free attention of the first reading, you have an emblem of what the Holy Spirit does. Of course, it's the typical, it's the uh, <clears throat> reading, <coughs> the reading of the Tower of Babel, where we get the word, you're babbling on, means unintelligible speech. And in the Tower of Babel, this group of people gathers together and they're going to build a city and the tower is going to be all the way into the sky. Presumably, they thought God was up there to sort of storm heaven. And I want you to pay special attention to what the Bible says God said and why God comes down to interfere in their secular activities. I want you to notice God didn't stay in the temple. He came in with his spirit to interfere with the building of a city. Because you see, there is such a thing as separation of church and state, but there is no such thing as separation of faith from community life. Faith always is involved, not just in churchy stuff, but in the decisions of how we ought to live together as a community. And it, if you look to, throughout the entire Old Testament, the prophets were constantly criticizing the kings. Why do you think, for example, even just the latest one, John the Baptist, why did he get his head chopped off? Not because he was baptizing in the Jordan. Got his head chopped off because he was criticizing Herod who has, had married his brother's ex-wife. And that's why he got chopped off, got arrested. Not exactly a religious issue. But you see, it is a religious issue because everything that happens in the community is a religious issue. Now, you're going to see where I'm heading with this. But let's look at first <clears throat> the reason why, the reason why God intervenes. Did you notice what the reasoning was of the men who were going to build Babel? Listen to this. They said to themselves, <clears throat> this is from the Bible, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, which is where the gods are. And so, now listen to this, make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered all over the earth. I want you to notice first and foremost what their motivation is. Their motivation is unity, right? Otherwise, we shall be scattered all over the earth. They want to be united. They want to be politically correct. Everybody has to toe the line. They have to be there. 
And they have to make a name for themselves. Now God comes down and he says, the Lord says, if now while they all one people are all are speaking the same language, they have started to do this, nothing will stop them for doing whatever they presume to do. Let us go down there and confuse their language so that one will not understand the other. And guess what God did? Exactly that. And then it says, Thus the Lord scattered them throughout the entire earth, and they stopped building the tower. Now, I'd like to be able to use this bat, the Tower of Babel as an emblem an emblem to what's been going on in humanity since the beginning. Because you see, if you notice, what the Babel, attempted Babel was, is to build the city of man, our city, let us build ourselves a city, and make a name for ourselves, and put God on the outside. We're going to storm heaven, and we're going to take whatever we want. Because what we want, we get. God has nothing to do with this. You keep God in the temple. You keep God in the temple. We're going to build the city of man and make our, 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 a name for ourselves. But God said no. And he came in with the Holy Spirit. They didn't call it that at that time. But the Spirit of Yahweh came down and confused their language. Now I want you to use that as a template. How many times have human beings done that since the beginning, since even before the Tower of Babel? What were they trying to do? Try going back in history in, in your mind. What did the Roman Empire want to do? What did the Caesars want to do? The Caesars wanted to make a name for themselves. They even came to the point of saying, I am God. The first Christians were killed. Do you know why the Christians were persecuted? They were persecuted not because they were Christians, because there were tons of different religions. The Romans didn't care which God. You got another God? Bring him in. We got plenty of gods here. But in order to be a, a Roman citizen, I didn't care what gods you worshipped as long as you worshipped the emperor. As long as you say Caesar is God and you took some incense and Caesar is Lord, Caesar Kyrios, that's the way you say it in, in Greek. Kyrios, like say, when we say Kyrie eleison, Caesar Kyrios is Lord. Caesar Kyrios. And you throw the incense in and the incense goes up to God. That was your worship. But see, in order to do that, you had to say, Jesus isn't God, because there's only one Lord, and Caesar ain't it. And so the Christians couldn't do that. And so many Christians were killed. They were killed horribly in the Colosseum. You know, I still, I couldn't, I'm, I've been studying some of Roman customs, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to take a little... Side, do you realize that 
Crucifixions were done for entertainment in the Colosseum. I read something the other day that just amazed me. The Emperor Diocletian. Do you realize Emperor Diocletian, that you know that they, they had the animals, you know, for the circus, and they would you know, let them loose on the Christians? Well, when they didn't have Christians, you know what they did? The Romans took slaves from around and prisoners and let the, they, they fed them to the lions. In other words, your value was pet food. You were made to be pet food. There's no dignity of human life. But anyway, that's a, a sin aside. All of a sudden, what you have is human beings trying to make themselves great. Isn't that what they were trying to do in Babel? And so God divided them. Look at all the different kings that have tried Okay, you can look throughout all of the, 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 look at Islam, look at all the different conquering places, all, we are it. Now you can say, hey, that was all in the past, Father, we're no longer there. Oh, yes, we are. The 20th century was the worst. Look at the First World War, fighting among nations, who was the biggest, who was the baddest? What about the Second World War? When Hitler tried to make an entire, you know, uh, nation of white supremacy. What about communism? God on the outside. You notice all, all of them are Babel. All of them are the Tower of Babel. With building a city and let us make a name for ourselves with a city reaching up to the sky. Meaning, the government is God. We're up there, and we look down. God is on the outside. Now, you might say, well, you know, Father, that was over, but that was in the back. Let's come into the present. Come into the present because that's exactly what's happening right now. More and more, we as Christians are being persecuted. Do you realize the Dodgers... The Dodgers have contracted with female impersonator nuns who are, who are going to be in Dodger Stadium and, be, and make fun of Christians. And Christians are being made fun of all the time. All the time. The only acceptable prejudice in the United States right now, you know what it is? Anti-Catholicism. You can make fun of priests and nuns anytime you want. And more and more, it's being done. And then it's being spread to Christians. Watch some of the Senate hearings. What, I can't remember which, which Supreme Court justice, well, he was a Catholic, and this, one of the senators questioning him said, said as, a, as an insult, said, I think the gospel lives big in you. Meaning... You shouldn't be allowed in the Supreme Court. Separation of church and state. You shouldn't be allowed. And then look at what's going on now. This is what good gets, gets me. Do you realize starting in June, do you know what all of June is? All of June is Pride Month. Pride Month. That's when we celebrate gay lifestyle for an entire month. It just goads me. 
He goads me. Do you know what Monday is? Monday's Memorial Day, right? <clears throat> what is Memorial Day? <clears throat> it's a day in which <clears throat> we remember the men and women who gave their lives for our freedom, right? They get one day. You come out of the closet and you get a month. A freaking month! That's more than, oh, if you just come out of the closet and say, I'm gay. Except giving your life. And then we got stores all around here. I'm not going to mention names of stores, but there's a big store right down the street who's pushing all kinds of transgender swimming suits so that you can, guys pretending to be girls, can tuck and look like girls. We got men going into, into women's bathrooms. We got, and not see what, but problem is, is we used to say, well, let's live and let live. Uh, okay, let's live and let live. But now, but now what's happening is it's not live and let live. You toe the line, you bow your head to this, or we're going to cancel you. We're going to go after your job. We're going to go after your popularity. We're going to go after you on social media. If you don't bow to this. You're a homophobe. You're a transphobe. You're a hater. You're supposed to be, what is it? DEI, diversity, inclusivity, uh, DE, D diversity, what? Diversity, what? Louder. Huh? Oh, yeah, that's right. Diversity, equality, equ equity, and inclusivity. And people say to me, well, Father, shouldn't the church be inclusive? Yes, but on Jesus' terms, not ours. When, Jesus, when people came to Jesus, they changed. Jesus didn't change for them. And we cannot, uh, we, if we allow ourselves to be co-opted by the current culture, folks, we are, you know what applies to us? Jesus in the apocalypse saying, I wish you were either hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, I spit you out of my mouth. Because you are salt that has lost its taste. Folks, why am I so angry about this? I'm angry because I think for a long time, we, the churches, have been too tame. And if we are tame, and you know the old tame thing of the frog, you put the frog in a, in, a, in, a, in a lukewarm water, and you slowly increase the temperature, the frog won't even know what's happening. But if, and you know what happens to the frog? It will die, because everything has changed. And oh, live and let live, but it's not live and let live anymore. It's if you don't toe the line, you're a transphobe, you're a homophobe, you're a hater. We, Christians, are being called haters because we refuse to say morality is whatever you want it the hell to be. And you're a hater. And the answer is no. Real love is telling someone when they're doing something wrong, not accepting whatever the hell they want to do. That's real love. People who say, you accept everything. No, that's not love. Love is wanting you to be what God wants you to be. That's love.
And so, folks, I'm selling this to you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been trying to be kidnapped. Why? Because we want him in church. We want him in church. We want him to express himself in tongues. So somebody is going, blah, 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 tongues. Or somebody is shaking and, and a charismatic person. That's the Holy Spirit. But not the Holy Spirit out there. And let me tell you what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is when God comes down from heaven and engages with the city like he did with Babel. And I think it's time that we in Christianity starting recognizing and letting the Holy Spirit out of the church building and start listening to the Holy Spirit by where we shop, by the beer you buy, by the clothes you buy, by your vote. Folks, we don't do this. We are like salt who has lost its flavor. We are good for nothing. We have to stand up. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. What the heck? I was going to say sorry you had to hear for this discharge, but I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. In fact, I'd go on for another 30 minutes, but I, I know you don't want me to. That's all I've got to say.